cool. Hey, well, I want to jump into what I want to speak about this evening. And this is something that I think is so is very simple and foundational, but I hope that it encourages you and I hope that it inspires you to live your life slightly different. Uh, many of you would know I lived overseas in Taiwan for six years. And while I was over there, I made the best effort I could to learn some of the local language, which was, was Mandarin, um, to learn some Chinese. And when I first went there, I was dumb enough. I thought my friends would, would just teach me it. Um, but then I realized they just wanted to speak English with me. So it, it wasn't working really well. But I thought, you know, I'll, I'll try to learn some words. And I learned like ni hao, you know, that's pretty easy. Like, how you going? Like, hello, that's what that means. Um, which everyone on the planet knows. And I, I felt like that was a bit lame because I'm like, man, that's, that's what everybody knows, right? It's like arigato in Japanese. It's like everyone knows that one. Teach me a fancy one. Um, so I asked my friend, can you teach me a word that's like a cool way to say hello? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you know, in English we'd say, hey, what's up? Or something like that. And he's like, oh yeah, I can teach you what's up. Um, and he taught me this word, which any Mandarin speakers would know, is zenyang. Uh, and it means what's up. And so I was like, sweet, I'm going to be the coolest foreigner in Taiwan. So I was walking into the 7-Elevens um, where, you know, the culture is you don't speak to the guy at the cashier until you buy it. And they say, they say, Huang Guangling, which is like, welcome to my store. And I'd say back, Zhenyang, how you going? And you'll go to buy stuff, Zhenyang, you know, how you going? And I'm like, man, this is, I'm really getting into this. And I did this for a few weeks. And for some reason, you know, like I always got a weird look back from the people when I would say it. Um, but I thought, you know, maybe that was just because, like, they were shocked that I knew, like, they were shocked how good my Chinese was, basically. Uh, I thought maybe that was it. I thought maybe I had the tone slightly wrong because it's like a tonal language. Um, what I actually learned, though, was that Zhenyang, it's, it's, it is what's up, but it's not like what's up, it's like what's up. It's like, it's like, it's like you want to fight? What's up? If you're going to have a fight, that's what you say. It's literally basically an opener for street fights. It's Danyang. What are you looking at is basically what it's saying. Um, so I had a lot of backpedaling to do at my local 7-Elevens. Um, but but what, was, what was, I guess, funny about this was I was sending a very mixed message because I had a big smile on my face. I'm like, Danyang, how you going? What's up? You want to fight? You want to take this outside? It's great to see you. Let's take it outside. Let's, let's get into a brawl. Um, really a mixed message. What my words were saying and what my face was saying were two very different things. Um, and, and I think sometimes in life, and that's what, what I've called the message tonight, is mixed messages. Because it's really important as we live out our faith that what we say and what we act are actually sending the same message. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but there are times when I can actually send mixed messages to the people around me by saying one thing, but living and acting something else. So I want to speak about mixed messages. Maybe you've got a mixed message story. I mean, the classic is, is the mum sending LOL and thinking it means lots of love. Um, you, know, oh, you, you know, someone you care about passed away, LOL. Uh, it's like, oh, mixed message, mixed message, uh, mixed messages. It's so important um, that we are sending the same message. Because I, honestly, I believe this, the best way to help the people around us start on a journey of following Jesus is by sincerely living out our faith. Let me say that again. It's by sincerely living out 
our faith. It's not about having the right words to say. It's not about being a really great street preacher. It's about living what you say you're going to live. That is the best witness that any single one of us can have. And the good news is we can all do it. Whether you like it or not, people are looking at your life and it's so important that we send a clear message to the people that are around us. It's not just by telling people about our faith. It's about showing them through actions what our faith is. The Bible says this about faith. It says, faith is, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, in the Amplified Bible, I love this. It says, now faith is the assurance or the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I love this. The conviction of their reality Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith, I love that. Let me read it again. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Basically, faith is, I can't see it, but I know it's true. I can't see it, but I believe it. I might be sick, but I know I can be healed. I might be sad, but I know that I've got hope. I might be anxious, but I know that I can trust God. I know that, you know, I might, it might look dark, but I know that God can make a way. My future might not look bright, but I know that he has plans and a purpose for my life that are good. That is what faith is. It's confidence in what we cannot see. So what I want to propose to us tonight, that as we live that kind of a life, as we live the kind of life that is confident in the things that we cannot see, that's actually the best way that we can reach the people around us for Jesus. And I would encourage us, if there's one thing that God wants us to do, is to reach out to the people around us for Him. Can we agree on that tonight? Good. Um, so I want to encourage, I want to ask us, I guess, are we living in a way that reflects an assurance of the things we hope for, or are we living limited by our current reality? Basically, what message is the life that you're living sending? And please hear me, this is not a judgment message, right? I have been caught with things like this. I'll be, if I can be honest, I, I was writing this message and struggling with the same thing this afternoon. Um, I, I said this in the, in the, in the pre-service meeting and I said, this isn't to brag. And then I said it and then everyone said, you're bragging. Um, so I'm cautious to say it again here. But, but usually preparing like what I talk about on a Sunday night, it doesn't cause me a lot of stress. I feel like it's my gift. I feel like I sit down, words kind of flow out. I just have to refine it. Today, man, I was sweating bullets about what I was going to preach this evening. And this is the most prepared I have ever been. I spent all week working on this, and I got to today, and I was like, this is absolute trash. This is terrible. And I rewrote this message about six times this afternoon, so sorry if it's a little bit all over the show. Um, but I was, I was getting in my car to come to church, and I was dead set. My heart was pounding. I was so nervous about this evening, and, and, and God basically really convicted me and said, what, what are you living out right now? Yeah, Are you living out? What do you believe about this? And I was like, man, I believe that it's actually not my words that matter, but it's God's words speaking through me to people's hearts. And if I actually believe that, then I don't actually need to be super stressed about what I'm going to share. So this is not a message to make you feel bad and to convince you, but rather a message of self-reflection to look at your life and to say, what message am I actually sending and how can I cl more clearly portray God and the love of Jesus to the people around me? Is that good? Very good. So somebody who lives 
with a sincere faith. And that's why I talk about having a sincere faith. So, so actually living out what we believe. Someone who's got a super sincere faith is Paul. Paul's got a wild story, if you know Paul's story. He's basically out there persecuting Christians, hunting them down. He's like going on the, the world tour of hunting down Christians. He's like going to the city to figure out where they are to get them put into prison. Uh, has this radical encounter with God, with Jesus that transforms his life. And he then goes out and boldly preaches how good God is. He's this wild kind of guy. He basically then gets arrested for preaching. They throw him in prison and he basically says, nah, I want to go to Caesar about this. Like, you know, I'm none of this local court stuff. Take me to the Supreme Court. I don't want, I don't want Toowoomba Court. I want the Supreme Court. I want to go the highest level. I want to appeal to Caesar about my case. So he goes on this wild journey, gets put on a ship as a prisoner. The ship sinks. They float ashore on bits, bits of the ship. He gets bitten by a snake. He gets back on a ship. He gets into prison. Wild story. And this is what he says. He's writing to his friends who are in, uh, in, in the church in, in, in Philippi, I think it's, it's in, the, the Philippians. Um, and this is, what, this is what he says. He says in Philippians 1, 12 to 14, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, know that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Wow. Talk about sending a clear message. If anyone has reason to be distracted and worried and concerned, it's Paul. He's seeing Caesar, who everyone referred to basically as God. And he's like, no, you know what, man? I've got enough time to reach out to my homies, the prison guards. You know, the dudes that are locking me up. Yeah, I'm going to tell them about the good news. You know what? Everything that's happened to me, it's actually happened to spread the good news news of Jesus. And I think that's what living a sincere faith looks like. It looks like there is no off switch to my faith. It's not, I walk into church and flick the faith on, oh, here we go, double hands raised, or maybe I'll get the, you know, this one, the slow turn, or might just do a receive this evening. It's, it's not about some Christian performance that we turn on and off. It's about actually living sincerely with what we believe. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. Yeah, we make mistakes, but it's my determination is I'm going to live sincerely. I'm not going to send mixed messages. So I've got a couple of thoughts from Paul this evening and, and, and his story just there. Now, the first one is that faith actually shines brightest in the dark. Faith shines brightest in the dark. When we have a sincere faith, the easiest time to see it is when times are tough. He said in verse 12, he said, everything that has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. And he's not referring to, you know, I got a great speaking opportunity and they put me up on this platform in the temple. No, he's talking about me getting shipwrecked, me getting beaten, me getting locked up, me getting taken from one side of the known world to the other. All of that has helped to spread the good news. These challenges I've faced have actually heard, helped more people hear the good news about Jesus. Obviously being the good news about Jesus, that your life doesn't have to, your story is not set, that you do have a better future, that God is on your side, that he loves you and cares about you, that he's got a plan and a purpose for you. That's the good news that Paul's been able to spread through this incredibly challenging time. But if we're honest, right, challenges can really muddy the message when it comes to what to acting out what we believe. That's where the message can start to get muddy. Like, like it's really easy to say God is good when you get a promotion, right? 
Like when you get promoted, it's easy to be like, hallelujah, God is good. I'm a, I'm a blessed person. It's a different story to say God is good when you get made redundant. That's a different story, right? That's a different, that's a different kind of, it, you know, it's not the same to be able to, it's, it's, it's different, right? It, it's, it's all good and, and well to say, you know, oh, God protects me when you're healthy. It's a different thing to say it when you're sick. Um, I can talk about being sick. Me and my whole family were sick all this week. And it's a different thing to believe in God the healer when you're actually sick, to live faith in a way that people look about it. Um, it's, it's all good and easy to say, I trust God when you feel like you're in control. It's another thing to say, I trust God when you feel like life's out of control. Can you see what I'm trying to say here? But what happens actually is that in the darkness, your faith and your light shines even brighter. When you're able, your faith, your convictions, your beliefs, they shine the brightest when there's a challenge. When the tough time comes and you choose to live by faith, that's where your faith actually stands out. And I mean, a practical example of it, and, and, and uh, have we, uh, we haven't got someone up there, so that's good. I wasn't gonna do this, but um, <laughs> I just thought of this on the spot. But like, if we turned all the lights off in this room and I turned my, my iPhone light on, it would be so bright, right? But with all the lights on, if I turn my iPhone light on, it's nothing. You can't see it on the roof. You know, you can barely kind of, maybe you can see it a bit on my face. I can't see what you can see. Um, but when the lights actually come down, that's when it shines the brightest. And in the, same, in the same sense, when we hit a challenge in our life, that's actually when faith really starts to stand out. Same spot, so our same faith, you can see it the brightest when everyone else is gossiping and you refuse to get on the gossip train. That's when, you, that's when your light shines the brightest. It's easy when no one's gossiping to say, yeah, I don't believe in gossip. But when everyone else is talking about it and you have to make a stand and say, you know what, I'm actually not gonna be a part of this. I refuse to speak about that person in a bad way. Even if maybe I have every right to, that's where your faith stands out, right? That's where your faith really shines. When you have the ammunition to destroy that person who has been talking smack about you and you decide I'm not actually gonna do it and I'm gonna be honoring of them, even though they're not being honoring of me, that is where your faith actually really shines. When you have every reason to be worried and stressed out, Levi, but instead you choose hope to hold tightly for what you hold, choose to hold tightly to what you hope for, that's where your faith actually stands out. When the doctor's report is isn't good, but you still choose to believe in God who is a healer and to speak well over your situation, that is where your faith actually shines. And if it shines long enough and bright enough, people won't be able to help but to notice and to ask what is different about you. I had a situation in Taiwan where I was really struggling to get a work visa and I wasn't employed full-time by the church, so I was looking for, for another job. And I landed a job at, I, I guess, one of the best English schools in the city. Um, it was it was legit. It was like we're teaching celebrities kids English. Like it was it was on a new level. The pay was way above anyone else's. Um, but my visa was having an issue. It was stuck on, on some you know some technicalities around my study, um, and it and it looked like it wasn't actually going to go through. And in the end, it didn't actually go through. Um, but that's another story. And, and my boss came to me. And she was freaking out, like she was fully stressing. She's like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What's, what happens if it doesn't happen? And, and I was like, no, it's, it's, it's fine, it's gonna be okay. And, and she was like, why are you like this? And I think she said her words were, why aren't you worried? 
And my response was simply, I think I said, because I know the big man upstairs is looking out for me. But it's like, because I trust that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay because God is with me and God is for me. And even if this doesn't work out, I know it's because God has got something better for me. And, you know, long story short, I ended up in a job I never would have imagined I could ever land because I didn't get that job. But in the challenge, come on, speak with faith and people will actually notice. You want to know how to reach your coworkers and your friends and your family? Be consistent. Don't send mixed messages. Clearly declare and speak and act on what you believe. Is that good? Second thought is faith makes the most of every opportunity. Um, I love it that it said there, you know, Paul was saying, for everyone here, including the whole palace guard. I love that. It's like, not just like his favorite guard, if there's such a thing. He's like, no, no, everyone who's a palace guard, they all know the reason I'm here is because of Christ. I love that. He's like, you know what? Uh, What could be seen as an interruption, I'm gonna use it as an opportunity. And I know that God has put me around these people for a reason. And I think that, man, that talk about faith. Like these are the guys, like it's like Paul, what you're in trouble for is preaching. So what you probably shouldn't be doing is preaching to the guys who you're in trouble with. But Paul's like, no, no, this isn't an interruption. This is an opportunity. And and Paul talks about, in, in all the Philippians, he talks about basically how he longs with all of his heart to be back with the Philippians. That's like, that's strong words. He longs with, I think the actual word it uses talks about like from deep down in his guts, he wants to be back with these people, um, back with the Philippians. But, but Paul doesn't let himself get distracted by that. He focuses and realizes that there's actually power in the moment that he's in. He's like, I'm not going to let this opportunity pass me by. Um, I think sometimes maybe we can get so caught up in our own mission and, and purpose and our own life goals that we kind of can miss the people that God's actually put around us. Um, if I can be really honest, just speaking to, to people who claim to people who are followers of Jesus, sometimes we can get so caught up in our personal relationship with God that we actually forget that, that it was never about this. It's great. That's so good. Jesus wants a personal and intimate relationship with you, but he doesn't want it to stop with you. He wants you to reach out and to love the people around you. He wants to transform your life so that then through you, he can transform the lives of the people around you so that they would be filled with faith and hope and in real life, as it says, in the, in, in the Bible. That's the reason that God wants to have that intimate relationship with you. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's about letting Jesus guide you to make the world around you a better place. He wants to transform your life for the better, but even more, he wants to use you to transform the world around you. And, and I think the devil, the enemy wants to distract us with, I'm too busy, I've got a lot on, um, you know, I, I'm distract us with, man, this job sucks, so that we don't actually see that there's people in our life that Jesus would desperately want us to reach out to, to encourage, to pat on the back and say, you're doing a good job, because that's all it takes to be to send a, a clear message to not send mixed messages. Um, I know I got convicted about this recently. You know the, the the elevators at escalators at Grand Central, like the really really long and slow ones that people just seem to stand in the middle of. Um, 
There's, there's this awesome Asian culture thing where everyone stands on one side so that everyone else can walk past. We need to adopt it here. It's, it's the best thing ever. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. And basically, anyone joining online, there's this, there's this shopping center in Toowoomba, which is basically, I don't know, it only goes up half a floor at a time, the escalator, and they're like a kilometer long. So it takes you like half an hour to get from the ground floor to the top floor. Um, and I worked out my way around it is, I take the, ele- the elevators, man. They're always faster. Um, but I actually realized that, you know, every time I go to Grand Central, I usually see someone I know, um, especially when I'm with Noah. Um, for some reason, I just see everyone I know at Grand Central. Um, but I actually started avoiding the elevators because I didn't want to get caught in like awkward conversations with people. Because you know how like you're going like, you know, one kilometer an hour and they're coming the other way and then you kind of see each other like here and it's like, hey, how you going? And then you're kind of in this awkward, do we make conversation or uh, do I? And, and, and I remember feeling really convicted that, that um, you know, sometimes God actually does use interruptions as opportunities. Like I might be there to get some groceries, but maybe God actually has a bigger plan and he just wants me to see someone who's having a tough week and encourage them. Um, so now if you see me on the escalator, that's why. It's not because I'm vibing the escalator. It's because I'm ready to be interrupted, God. Uh, and I'm expecting it. It's like if I get all the way up on that thing and I didn't see someone I know, it's like, come on, God, come on. I was ready. I was here. I was open. Pass me the ball, bro. Um, but, but I think it's so important that we actually see, yeah, things like interruptions as opportunities, and we're actually intentional about looking at the people that God's put around us. And, and I'm not saying we have to reach out to every single person that we walk past. Not, we don't have to be weird about it. But look around your life. Who has God put in your life? Like, think about the dude that works at the server that you always see when you fill up. You know, imagine if you just decided, I want to encourage this person whenever I see him. I want to ask him how their day's been. I, I want to be the best customer that they had all day. Um, I want to leave making them feel better than when I walked in. Imagine if you determined that there is so much power. Look for the opportunity. Um, being sincere in our faith isn't about preaching at people. It's simply about showing Jesus to them. Um, I remember Pastor Chris used to say way back, he used to say, it's not about getting um, people to say a prayer or commit to church right there in the Macca's line. It's about helping them one step on the way. You know, when we're sincere in our love for people and make ourselves available for God to use, even the smallest of ways, then we can actually help unlock someone's destiny. We can set them on a trajectory for a future they never imagined they could live. So maybe your neighbor's not willing or or ready to speak about Jesus, but maybe they'd be up for letting you mow their lawn. Maybe your coworker's not ready to have a conversation about, you know, about faith, but I'm sure they'd be up for you encouraging them. And, you know, that's really prophecy in the Bible is just speaking what God says. It's, It's calling out what God says about that person. So you're loved, you're cared, you're important, you're valuable, you actually matter. Imagine if you actually started to speak that out. Final thought, and I'm wrapping up because I'm out of time, is faith is contagious. Uh, It said, and because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. Because of this challenge I've been through and the way that I've done it, the people around me are now starting to speak up. They're actually starting to get bold in their faith. And and I I just want to encourage us, next week we have this... um, we have this praise 
uh, praise party that's going to be happening. And it's not just a, a party where we sing some fast songs and we jump, okay? It's a time where we intentionally take some time out to just declare how good God is. And there's going to be some people sharing their story. And I'd encourage you, if you're not inspired enough after this evening, come along to that because faith is contagious. When you hear what God has done in people's lives, it starts to make you question, could he do the same in my life? Could I feel the same way? Could I have the same positive outlook about my future as you do? And as we live our life in a way that is legit, that we're sincere in what we believe, people start to ask these questions. Could I do that also? Could I live without fear? Could could I find freedom? Could I change the world? When we start to live out our faith, it's contagious. And so I'd encourage us, like, come on, let's, let's, let's really get confident in sharing our story. Um, and let's get good at sharing our story, to be honest, because like Christians, we've been kind of bad at it sometimes, okay? We sat down and we're like, so I was born back in 1973. Uh, and then this guy called Steve and his name, Brett, his friend Brett, they went on a road trip. Anyway, that's not important to the story. This other thing, <laughs> like, let's get good at actually sharing our, t- our story. What does that mean? It means, I'll give you a simple template. What was life like? What did Jesus do? What's life like now? I think often we think about our testimony as the moment that we met Jesus. And it might be, that's great. But you know what? We've all got so many testimonies. We've got so many stories of times that things weren't good, Jesus came and intervened, and now life is totally different. I could tell a testimony about how, man, I was just so weighed down by expectations that I thought people had for me that didn't actually even exist, that it crippled my, it actually crippled my ability to kind of live life confidently. But then I realized that, that Jesus had actually, um, it, was the, it was through the, through the scripture with the woman at the well, Jesus had forgiven me before I had actually changed. And that transformed everything. It brought a confidence on me where I realized, hey, this is actually not about how good or bad I am. It's about how good God is. And it turns out he's really, really good. So now I can actually live really confidently because I know he doesn't have high expectations for me. He has a big plan for me, but he loves me just the way I am but he's, not, he, he's too good to leave me how I am as that song really puts it so beautifully. Um, so come on, learn to share your story well. I've got a couple of questions as we finish. Um, just ignore the ones on screen, sorry, because I changed them. Like I said, I've, I've, I've changed this quite a bit this afternoon. Uh, let's give it up. Let's give it up for whoever's on media because I don't know what notes they've got. I don't know what you've been seeing back up there, but it's good. They've done a great job. Um, first question Uh, What messages are you currently sending? Can you identify an area that they might be mixed? It could be, you know, in in your workplace. I know that was a big thing for me, working in a workplace that wasn't a church. I realized that I actually had to really think about and be intentional with the message that I was sending. Um, Second question, what can you do this week? What can you do this week where you reach out to someone with no agenda, just creating an opportunity for God to use you. You know, maybe you have a job that's just for the money. Uh, you know, maybe you're just literally just working it to pay the bills. I'd encourage you to stop seeing that just as a job and start seeing it as an opportunity. That God has actually put people around you that He can use you. If you would be intentional, He wants to use you to lift them and encourage them and to maybe even kickstart them on their journey towards you. Maybe you've got a class at school, which you just hate and you chose it. And now you're like, why on earth did I choose this class? I'd encourage, don't just switch off, but actually see it 
as an opportunity to reach out to the people that are around you. One more practical thing. In a couple of weeks, we've got a team coming up from the Gold Coast of about 50 people. Um, and we're going to have, what, we're going to basically call it I Love My City Day. It's going to be on a Saturday um, and potentially Sunday afternoon, but mostly on a Saturday. And what we're actually going to do is we're just going to door knock a bunch of houses around this area and just say, hey, is there anything that we can do for you? Do you need a fence painted? Do you need a door hung? Do you need a tree cut down? Do you need lawn mowed? Like maybe you would like to be a part of that. Come speak to me afterwards. I'd love for you to come and be a part of it just a practical way. There's no agenda. We just want to really practically love the people that God has put in our life. Final thought, what's your story and are you able to share it confidently? I'd encourage you, even go home, write what your story is, try write it in a paragraph, right? And, and not one of those paragraphs like you forgot to press enter, like an actual legitimate, you know, three to four sentences. I think that's what a paragraph is. I didn't go to uni, so I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Mum's shaking her head because she's like, why did I pay for school for you? Uh, <laughs> um, but I want to encourage us with that. I'm sorry I've taken a little bit longer than, than usual, but I just want to encourage you. Hey, there's actually so much power when we actually just decide to live out the faith that we believe, to not just speak it, to, but, to, but to actually live it and let it speak for itself. Um, hey, why don't we stand? I'd, lo- I'd love to pray for us just as we finish. Um, and, and I'd just love to especially pray for you. If that's you, you're just like really hungry for God to use you to reach the people around you. That's so good. Um, let me pray for you. Jesus, we pray for those people, God, that are hungry to reach their friends. God, we pray you would give them opportunities, open doors. God, we pray for wild things to happen that they never could have imagined. Friends coming up to them out of the blue and asking them about their faith because they've seen it. They've seen it lived and they want to be a part of it, Jesus. And we just pray that our church would, be, would continue to be a place that's filled with people who are going on that journey of following you. Amen. And hey, if that's you this evening and maybe you're interested in starting a journey of following Jesus, we just wanna champion that and encourage you with that. That's the best decision you could ever make. And if that's you, Slater's gonna come and tell you what you can do next.